So Ethan and I met in 2009. I was coming to work the concession stand at Bullock Academy and I saw him when I was walking up and I was like, okay, dibs, ladies, that uh, I'm gonna get to know him tonight. And one of my friends was like, hey, I know him. So I was like, okay, well, can you help your friend out? And she was like, yeah, okay. So later that night, he comes up to me and she was like, hey, this is my friend Banks. And I was really shy, my face got really red and I couldn't even look at him. And she was like, um, you wanna get her number? And he was like, okay. So I got his number and I didn't even know his last name. I remember it was like Ethan dot 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 in my phone for the longest time. And we had been dating probably about five months at this point. And I remember I felt like maybe I was pregnant, that something was going on. So I took a test and sure enough found out that yes, I was pregnant. And of course I was so scared. We weren't married and we hadn't been dating that long. One day, him and I were riding in the car, and we were about to go get some dinner, and he just reached over and he grabbed my hand. He was like, you're pregnant, aren't you? And of course, I couldn't speak. I started crying, and he just held my hand really tight, and I knew right then that him and I were good. And better timing is all we need. Marriage started off uh, pretty rough, young couple. Um, we were doing a lot of learning um, at 19, 20 years old. Um, and it was hard for me uh, wanting to go do, you know, the things I had been doing, wanting to still go hunting and fishing and hang out with my friends all the time. Um, I had been attending Connection Church for a little while now, uh, coming on and off. And I decided that we should get plugged in and start attending more regular, become connected in the church more. Um, so we decided to join a connect group and uh, really didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. We really didn't talk that much. We probably listened more than we said anything, but we did learn a whole bunch and we got to get insight from other couples and just see what the whole marriage thing was like and you know, bringing Jesus into that and just being part of our church. Around a year, year and a half ago, um, we kind of hit a rough patch coming home every night to find Banks, you know, always down it seemed like, and I wasn't able to get much out of her. I had just um, started school for dental hygiene. Uh, my daughter had just started going to real school. She was entering pre-K. Ethan had just started working EMS, and he was gone a lot doing that. And I was having a couple of health problems here and there, and I think just all of that stuff compiling together just really hit me, and I think after just one thing after another, I just realized I couldn't handle it anymore, and I finally, I broke. And um, it was really scary because I didn't know that I could get to that point. I didn't know that I could be sad every single day. I didn't know that I could cry when I didn't even want to cry. And Ethan played a major role for me in this because I was scared. I didn't know what was wrong with me or if I'd ever get through it. And he really helped me. Um, he did everything for our family at that point. I knew it was my job and my role to, you know, s step up and, and help comfort her and, and lead her through it. And with, uh, with the help of Friends Connect Group, um, it was just a struggle that we, we got through and we're stronger now because of it. I feel like Ethan stepped up during this time because he knew as a husband that was one of his roles. And instead of him, you know, drifting away, he just got even closer to me and became more involved. And he wasn't going to give up. And I'm so glad that he didn't because that's exactly what I needed. You know, the trials haven't gotten easier, but we've grown closer through all of them. And uh, through everything we've been through, you know, God's been, God's been right there uh, helping us along through all of it. Morning, church. Videos like that I love because a lot of times it shows that there's hope. It shows that uh, sometimes uh, we go through trials, we go through situations we think we're alone in. And we see things like this that makes us realize that we're not alone and that God helped them through it. They can also help me. Amen? It gives me uh, courage. It gives me um, just the desire sometimes when 
uh, we want to give up, we want to quit to realize and know that, hey, God, God never forgot them. He hadn't forgotten me. So, uh, and that ties right into our series this morning. We're talking about um, how as one, as men, uh, is, we're talking about manhood, womanhood, and marriage and family. Um, but for my marriage to be as one with Christ, I have to be one with Christ from, as the man. Amen? Amen. And this morning is a kind of a, a tough topic, but we're going we're gonna to cover it like men and uh, see where it goes from there. Before we get started, though, I just want to give one quick announcement. Um, Christmas falls on Sunday this year. We will not have a Sunday service. Instead, we will have Christmas Eve service the Saturday before. Um, that Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock is when we'll have our, our service instead of Sunday um, so that we can have time with our, with our family and friends on Sunday morning. And uh, most everybody, they don't really start their Christmas until um, the Christmas vacation or whatever until Christmas Eve anyway. So uh, you can come to the service and then open your presents later. All right? Deal? Deal. Got three people who's going to come. All right. So anyway, this, before we get started, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father God, we come to you thanking you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, God, for just uh, the amazing opportunity that you've given us to follow you. Lord, we just pray that you would speak into our hearts today, that you would speak into our lives this morning, that, God, you would help us, uh, Lord, step out unto the unknown. Be, be just, uh, God, be encouraged. Have be men of courage that step out. Lord, I just pray that you would just uh, move in all of our hearts. Lord, give us the courage to stand up. Give us the courage to, to be the men. I pray, God, for the ladies in here, Lord, that they wouldn't check out, that they would uh, listen. And, God, they, if they have a manly man, a godly man, then, God, that they would, they would thank you for him. Because it seems sometimes when people wonder where all the godly men have gone. So, Father, just move in our hearts, move in our lives, and, God, speak to us today. Don't allow us to leave here the same as we came in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, as I began to, to get this message together, talking about what, man, uh, what manhood looks like, um, I began to realize there is a lot of different views about what a man looks like. In the South, you, say, you, you poll everybody, what, what's a man? It's Georgia boots, blue jeans, a flannel shirt, his favorite color is camo. He drives a four-wheel drive truck. And it, it, it's blue jeans, like boot cut blue jeans, not them skinny jeans. <laughs> he has more guns than he has fingers. Huh? His favorite cologne smells like gunpowder. You know, that type of stuff. He loves to hunt and fish. And ladies, if you are dating a man... It, this does not sound like you have a girlfriend, not a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Some of y'all got offended by that. I'm just kidding. And the world tells us that a real man is a workaholic. A real man is, is somebody that that's that it's all about who can consume the most. We as men, we try to think that, that our identity is in what we can consume. We can consume the most money, the more toys we can have, the most women, how many notches on your belt, or how many women you've been with. That's, that's, that's the world's perspective on that. It's how much, uh, how, many, how much beer you can drink. That used to be a, a statue uh, with a crowd I hung out with. You're not a man until you can drink X amount. Drugs that you consume. So many, so many times we think that, that uh, you have to be involved in all these different hobbies. You have to have all these hobbies to be a man. If you don't have any hobbies, you're not a man. A lot of times in the, in the world, it's, it's a, a man is perceived as somebody that's self-sufficient, that promotes themselves. It's all about strength, how strong you are, how, how much you can bench press, how much you can bench press. Let me tell you, how much you bench press doesn't impress me. Not at all. Because let me tell you, if it was being a man with how much you could bench press, I would never be a man. I go to the gym and I'm just like, I'll never be, I'll never be like that. I go out. I go with Rick. I've been with Rick and Chad sometimes, and they're up there just just killing it. They're like, "All right, your turn, Lindsay." I was like, "Yeah, take about 175 off of there." 
<laughs> and so I look at that, and sometimes it's discouraging. If strength made you a man, a lot of us wouldn't ever be that. And, a lot, and also, it's aggression. It's how aggressive you are. It's, it's, it's if, you can, if you can whip everybody on your block, you are a man. That's the perception I had. If somebody beat you, it was if somebody beat you up, it was a it was a, a flag against your manhood, and and so that's 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 a lot of the ways that that the world kind of paints these things. So so what does a real man look like? And some of you in here are thinking, I know what a man looks like. You might have grunted. I know what a man looks like. I looked in the mirror this morning. Right? Y'all 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 killing me this morning. Y'all got to come on. And what I've realized is a lot of people think they're a man because of their gender, because they're a male. And, and the plumbing that God gave you doesn't make you a man. It doesn't make you a man at all. There's a difference in being a male and being a man. You know, and in God's word, it, it, it's, 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 it paints a picture of manhood like I think I've never really realized before until I started walking with Christ. I think we need to realize that most people are confused of what a godly man looks like. When I look at God's word, I see the responsibility of a man is pretty much the cornerstone of the family. God gave us as, as men the opportunity to lead our family, to be the leaders. I've seen so many times that when a man gets serious about following Jesus, the family does too. So it's time for us as men to really act like men and follow God. He's called, we're called so many different things in Scripture. Men are called the shepherds of their family. Men are called the, the watchmen of their family. We're called the priest. All these things are important characteristics of a man. It doesn't say, God's Word doesn't say a man is defined by how many fish he can catch or the biggest buck that he has killed or his color of his, color of his clothes or the size of his truck. None of that stuff matters. It's all about our heart. See, in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14, it says this. It says, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Hold on a second. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. I'll just read it. It says, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So I mean, when I read that, it says act like men. Act like men. What does acting like a man look like? We live in a, in a society right now where, where there's, there's, a, there's, a big, there's a big gap between boyhood and manhood. People don't understand what it, look, what it looks like to be a man. And there's a lot of people that we have right now that they may be 30 years old, but they're still acting like a boy. And, and to be, to be a, a godly man, to be a real man, it means to follow Christ. It's crazy. There's so many people that in our society, and, it's, and you, could, you could tell by the election, by so many people that should be grown-ups, but they don't act like grown-ups. Oh, I ain't going to get in the way of men, huh? I mean, it, it's an extended adolescence instead of us being responsible adults. And, and doing what God's called us to do and be what God's called us to be. And as men, guys, I want us to understand that as defined by the Bible, manhood is functionally really demonstrated in the fullness of, of us being responsible and being, us being leaders. Us being responsible and us being leaders. When I read, read through this, you know, Paul, he was calling men to courageous manliness at a time when, the, when there was mature leadership that needed to happen. And I think we're in the same boat right now in our society. When we had, um, when we had Blast, uh, there were some kids. Uh, when we did the, the Vacation Bible School, there was three little boys that came up to me in Dallas, and they asked us, would you be my daddy? Would you be my daddy? And that broke my heart of seeing that those guys, those little boys, seen the attention that we gave them two hours and two days, and on the second day, they wanted us to be their dad. Being a man, being a father, is way more than just being male. You know, when I, when I read through this, acting like men, we have to stand up and act like men. 
And we do this in, three, in four ways. In the scripture, it says we need to watch out. We need to stand firm. We need to be strong and, and love. There's four characteristics that, that Paul just says in there of, of characteristics of a godly man that we should act like. So when I think about looking like a man, looking like a man, it says watch out. Watch out. Be watchful. First Peter. First Peter 5 says this. I got to find it. First Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary of the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. It says we need to be watchful, we need to be sober-minded. I mean, we've got to be watchful, we've got to be sober, we've got to be alert, Amen. There's so many things that distract us right now. There's so many things that the world says that we should pursue, things we should do, how we should act. And if we're not careful, we'll allow, we'll allow the TV, we'll allow society to, figure, to mold us into what we think we should be as a man instead of allowing God's word to mold us. If we're not watchful, we'll allow, we'll allow things, we'll get distracted and our family will be going in a different direction than what God intended it to go. God's called us to be watchful. And, and it's crazy because I've seen so many times the direction the man's going, most of the time is the direction that the family's going. Think about that. I know as me as a man, when I was not pursuing God, I was leading my wife down the wrong road. My wife had never, she had never partied in her life until we got married, until she met me. She had always been a good girl, went to church, did the right thing. She met me, and I, I began to pursue those other things. And I remember, I remember going, and she said, Jeremy, I, I don't want to go. I was like, come on, baby, we got, you know, we got to go have some fun. Let's go, let's go wind down. And the more I did that, the more I pursued those things, the more she started pursuing those things. Guys, what we pursue, our family is going to pursue. And if we're not pursuing God, then what are you allowing your family to pursue? So many times we get caught up in life and we're not being watchful. We're not protecting our family. And God's called us to be the protectors. And, when I, and I see when men get distracted and they're not, they're not pursuing God, they're not, they're really focusing on their relationship with God. I see it. The devil just comes in and devours them and devours the family. And I see that happen in two ways. One is rebellion and one is by religion. We're devoured by re rebellion or religion. Being rebellious, we're following our own desires, and it ends up in us being devoured. I'm all about, I'm all about me. I'm all about me. When, when I was all about me, my wife, during hunting season, was a widow. She only saw me when it was dark or when it wasn't time to hunt. My life was all about me. I look back, and I thank God that she was patient with me because I was always gone. It was whatever season it was in. And it would be a joke. She'd like, what season is it now? And there was a couple months in there where there wasn't anything, and she got used to me being home, and as soon as it got deer season again or turkey season or the fish started biting or dove season, I was gone because my life was about me. My priority was what made me happy, and I didn't care what helped her. I wouldn't worry about leading her to Christ. I wasn't doing any of those things because my life was about me. Is your life about you? Because if your life is about you, you're only looking out for you and your best interest, not for your family. And men, we are in charge of our family, their spiritualness, their, their livelihood. We're supposed to be standing on the wall looking after those and protecting our family. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? You know, through being rebellious, following our own desires, what we want to do. The next thing is being religious. You know, we can follow all the rules, and despite all our effort, Satan devouring us. Because I can follow, I can do all the Ten Commandments. I can make sure that I don't steal, cheat, lie, commit adultery, all those things. I can make sure I don't do that, but not have any love in my heart for anybody. So some of us are all about following rules. I've done this. I've done that. We've got a checklist of our, of, of our religiousness 
I've, been, I've said a sinner's prayer, I'll check. I've been, I've been baptized, check. I go to church occasionally, check. You got, you, you, you're trying to do all these rules thinking you're right with God, and really, rather you're not. We're not going to be the men and the leaders God's called us to be until we're truly in relationship with Christ, amen? Until we're truly pursuing God, amen? The direction of my life and my, my wife's life did not change until I, as the husband, was sincere and serious about following God. And I know there's some ladies in here right now that just wishes their husband would just take the lead. They wish their husband would be serious. Like, I, I want you to be that man. But she can't make you. You got to want it. You got to want it. See, if we desire to be the men God's called us to be, we have to learn to be watchful. We, have to need, we, have, we as men in the house, we need to be watchful of what we're looking at on TV. Amen. What we allow in our homes, men, we've got to be watchful of that. We've got, we got to be watchful of what consumes our activity as, as, as parents, as the husband. Am I spending so much time at the ball game, that I'm, at the ball field, that I'm not spending time with my family? To me, it was, am I spending so much time at work that I'm, not, that I'm neglecting my family? I ain't going to get no amens on that, am I? Start talking about ball games. Oh, you better back up. And nobody laughed. But the thing is, we get so consumed with us and we're not watchful of, our, of what's, what are the best interests for our family. And we as the spiritual leaders, it's God's called us. And it's our responsibility. I mean, I'm not, I'm not casting down on you because I'm right in here with you. I want you to be the man God's called you to be. I want to help you be the man God's called you to be. But we have to want to be that man. We have to desire saying, you know what? I want to be that watchman. I want to look after and make sure that everything's being taken care of in my family. So, men, are you going to be watchful? Because Satan prowls around knowing that if he distracts us, if he makes us busy, if he lures you into sin, if he takes out the, the man of the house, most of the time he's going to get the family. Most of the time. And if you got little boys and a little girl at home, they're looking at daddy to see what real godliness looks like. And a lot of times we fall short because we're inactive, we're missing, we're doing our own thing. And they think that a godly man or a godly woman can just go in and go out of church and their life never change and then go to heaven because we as the leaders of our households paint that picture. You know, if we're watchful, guys, if we're really watching, if we're pursuing God and we're really truly watching, then we won't be caught off guard. We won't be caught off guard. If we're truly pouring our lives into our family, if we're truly pouring our lives into our wives, things won't catch you off guard. So many people are caught off guard with, some marriages are caught off guard with, with infidelity. You know why? Because they wasn't watching. They wasn't, they wasn't pouring into their family. They were preoccupied doing other things. Y'all hear that? It's crickets. Y'all quiet this morning. We're so consumed with other things. And so many times, we as men, we just hit a wall. We straight up hit a wall. We, we want to be godly. We want to do these things. We want these things, but we get to a point where we just hit a wall, to where we don't know how to get past it. I want to be this man, but how do I get past this? How, how, do, I, how do I continue on? I'm consumed by all this stuff. How do I keep going? And, and, and instead of trying to climb the wall, we just we're, we settle for sitting at the bottom of it. And I hope this morning you're tired of sitting at the bottom of the wall hitting it. I hope you decide, I'm going to climb that wall this morning. I'm going to be the man God's calling to be. I'm going to be the watchman over my family. And I'm going to take this to heart. Because a lot of times we hit the wall when we hit trials. When stuff hits us, we want to we back up. We don't want to continue to push on. But God's saying, look, when you hit trials, when, when, we hit, when situations hits us, sometimes we want to we doubt God's sovereignty and say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't continue on. But God's saying, when you hit a wall, when it's hard to continue to go, man, it's time to press on, amen? We can't quit. If I know my family is depending on me to be the man of God that, that God wants me to be, if I know my children are looking at me, then I can't quit, Amen? I got to keep on pressing on. I got to keep on climbing. 
because there's people depending on me. And that's never been more, more relevant in my life than once I had that little boy. I'm looking at him, he's looking at me, and he's looking at me with his big old blue eyes, and I'm thinking, all of a sudden, my stomach just gets in a knot, and I'm like, he's going to see if I'm real or if I'm fake. And the things that I'm not watchful of is going to show up in his life. And that's a scary thing as a parent. Because I've seen it in my own life. The things that my daddy was not, or not just my daddy, but other men in my life that, that were, had influence on me were not watchful of, that they were just allowing to, that they were still partaking in, they were still doing, I soaked it up like a sponge and thought that was normal. Me and God's called us to be watchful. Watchful of our sin, watchful of ourselves. Being a watchman over our families. See, to be watchful, we got to be vigilant with our walk with Christ. We got to be serious about it. The next one he talked about being standing firm. In Ephesians 6, 10, it starts in, in, uh, in verse 10. To be able to stand firm, we've got to put on the armor of God. Verse 10, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may also be able to withstand in this evil day. And having done all to stand firm, he says, stand, therefore, having steadfast the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. God, guys, God's saying every morning when I get out of bed, I need, to, I need to stand firm in God's word. Amen? For me to be able to stand firm, I've got to put on the belt of truth. A godly man is a truthful man. Amen? The truthful man. He says I need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. That means every single day I need to pursue godliness. I've got to pursue to please God more than anything else. I need to pursue to be a righteous man. Every morning. So need to, as the shoes, verse 15, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness to give, readiness given by the gospel of peace. So every day I need to be a peacemaker. How many of us are peacemakers, men? A lot of us are stirrers. We want to stir the pot. I used to think women were horrible at gossip until I started managing about 20 men. Man, it's, the, it's like a drama central sometimes. It's like, are you men? What are you doing? Well, you know, such and such is talking about me, Jeremy. I actually had one guy tell me, he was talking about my mama. It's like, come on, we in middle school? Come on. We got to act like men. And, and it's crazy because we've got to be the peacemakers, guys. And that's different than the world because the world is saying you need to be that strong arm that punches somebody in the face when they do you wrong, instead of being the peacemaker. See, being a godly man is contrary to what the world paints. You need to be a peacemaker. He says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Every day, you got to stand in your faith, guys. If we're going to stand firm, we got to pick up the shield of faith. That's the only way that we can, uh, we can take the attacks of Satan. And I've seen it every day. If I, if I go to work and I haven't spent my time with God and I'm not, I'm not ready in my faith, if I don't go to work prepared for battle, sometimes I come home defeated. We've got to be ready with the shield of faith to protect us. It says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Keep, keep alert to all perseverance. Every morning, getting up, putting on the helmet of salvation. We need to wake up every morning thanking God that he saved us. Amen? And if we wake up every morning realizing, look, God didn't have to save me, but he chose to, it's going to make your whole outlook on that day 
It's going to change. Today is the day of the Lord. He gave me salvation. I'm going to walk in this in my faith victoriously. I'm going to be the peacemaker. I'm going to be the man God's called me to be. Because God's worthy, amen? I'm going to walk in the faith. See, so many times we just get up out of the bed, and I know I can, Sabrina gets mad at me. I can get out of bed. I can, get, I can be from stone asleep to in the truck in 15 minutes. <laughs> Hair brushed. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go. Sabrina's just now getting her coffee in 15 minutes. But so many times we can jump up and get out of bed. We're not planning our day out. We're not planning to spend time with God. And we run out into the world and we wonder why we're defeated all the time. We wonder why we fail. That's because you didn't get up in the morning and put on that helmet of salvation, reminding yourself, you know what, God, you saved me. Thank you. I'm going to walk into this world. I'm going to grab my shield when I go out, and I'm going to fight the good, the good fight of the faith today for Jesus. I'm going to put on these boots, and I'm going to walk in peace today with my brothers. We got to do that intentionally every day if we're going to stand firm in the faith, men. Are you standing firm? Or are you just going through the motions? What are we doing? See, to stand firm is to be able to act like men. We must cover ourselves with the armor of God. And that, that, that phrase, stand firm, it means to stay planted, not waver, refuse to change or decision or my position on. So from the moment you said, I have decided to follow Jesus, has that changed in your life, men? Have you really been following Jesus? Have you stood firm in the fact that I am a follower of Christ? Or have you backed up and accepted what, what world says godly manhood looks like? Have you backed up and, and been, you know what, I'm going to accept what, what the world says that I should be as a Christian? Or are you really stepping into that every day, saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to refuse that. I'm going to stand, I'm going to be planted in the Word of God. I'm going to, I'm going to stand firm. Are you standing firm, men? Are you? See, Ephesians 6, 12 says, look, we're not fighting against mere humans, but forces stronger than we are. We're not fighting against each other. We're not fighting against other men. Satan wants to devour you. I want you to understand this. He wants you to fail as a man. He wants you to fail as a leader. He wants you to fail at being a husband. Because if you fail at those things, then he wins. He's going to try to distract you all he can. He's going to make you think you're right when you're wrong. And the only way you're going to know if you're truly a man of God, if you're truly not deceived, is if, if you're in God's word every day. If you're making sure that you're living and breathing this word, if you're wholeheartedly centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think we, 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 we live this life candidly of like, you know, it's no big deal. And we got the devil painted like he's this little red thing with a forky tail and a pitchfork. And that isn't Satan at all. Scripture says he's like a roaring lion. He's aggressive. He wants to take over your family and your life. You have to get up every morning preparing to wage war. God wants us to be warriors, men. Are you ready to wage war every morning? Come on. Is anybody wanting to wage war this morning? Amen. You got to get up intentionally saying, you know what, God? I want you more than I want anything else. I want to be the man you want me to be so my wife can follow you. I want to be the man you want me to be so my kids will love you. But you, we have to stand firm in that. You have to pursue that. It don't just happen. It don't just happen. See, not backing down, not stopping that's the, that's the job of us as men. If we're going to do anything to, to, to really be the watchman, to really prepare, to really make sure that our family are taken care of, then we can't quit. We can't back up. I, I remember a story that a friend of mine that was a Marine, he told them they was, in, they was in battle. And he said that they were fighting in this battle. And there was like six of them. And they got under heavy, heavy fire. First time he'd really experienced battle. Bullets flying, sand just kicking up. He was just, there for a minute, he said, I just froze because I was so intimidated. He said, and, and in that moment, I realized I got to thinking about my family back home, but also got to thinking about 
my man beside me, his wife and his new baby. And I got thinking about this brother on this side. He said, I could not stop. I couldn't back up. I had to keep going, not just for me, but for them. And that's the mentality we got to have, men. We can't quit. We can't stop because other people are looking at us and saying, that's what a godly man is or that's what a godly man is not. I don't know how many, I polled a lot of you guys in here asking you what you thought about a godly man was, and almost 90% of you said, my daddy. My daddy painted a picture of what a godly man looked like. Some of you named other men that, that, was, that you looked up to. You wouldn't be the man that you are right now if those men hadn't chose to stand firm. You wouldn't be that man. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be where you are right now with your walk with Christ if they hadn't led you. Men, we've got to stand firm. We've got to lead other men. Amen? We can't back down. We can't stop. Satan is the enemy trying to get through. And if I quit, I'm letting my family down. Every day I think about that. The next thing is saying, be strong. First, uh, Luke 11, 21 says this. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his house, his possessions are safe. When a man is prepared, when a man is ready, when he is strong, nothing can attack his house. I was um, really... When I read that for the first time, I was reminded when we first moved in, in our house and it was the first time we'd ever had an alarm system. And I'm laying in the bed. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, and uh, this was before we had pacing. And it was laying in the bed. And all of a sudden, 2 o'clock in the morning, the alarm goes off. Burglar, burglar, burglar. Started, and I'm, I'm freaking out. And I'm prepared. You know, I'm thinking in this whole, whole time in my mind, I'm thinking... Something like that happens, I've got enough guns in this house, I'm going to take business, I'm going to take care of whatever's going on. Let me tell you, 2 o'clock in the morning, you're laying in bed, you ain't thinking about no gun. I don't think about getting out. That's what I was thinking about. I was running from back and forth from the door to the bed, and Sabrina was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. And this streak of panic, then all of a sudden I'm thinking, like, I need to be like 007. So I rent and get my pistol. I'm going like this through the whole house. The whole time, the window in the upstairs it just dropped down a little bit. That was the only problem it was. But if it had been a real burglar, he would have got me <laughs> because I wasn't prepared. I was prepared with, with artillery, but I wasn't, a, I wasn't prepared mentally. And there's a lot of us think that we're prepared until we get put in a certain situation and we haven't prepared ourselves mentally. It says, when a strong man... See, we think strong a lot of times... It's possessions or power, but a lot of times that's not it. Being strong has nothing to do with how much money you have, how much authority you have, how many people you can beat up, how much you can bench press. Strength has nothing to do with that. Got this steel, and, and uh, Andrew bent this this morning. Y'all believe that? Andrew that was singing up here. <laughs> I got one of my buddies... You know how welding is a, is a manly profession. And, 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 and welding, what they do is they, they take two pieces of steel and they join it together with a weld. And you know what's th what, what, what makes this weld strong is not that it's holding this thing together. It's that when it gets put under pressure, what unions it together holds. This weld holds. See, true strength is when life presses you, when life bends you, you don't break. And the only way you don't break is unless you are rooted in what binds your heart. Your heart is welded with Jesus Christ. That's the only way. I don't, I don't know how many times before I, was a, before I was a Christian, when life would hit me, when things would go wrong, I would be a wreck. But when I started following Christ, guess what? When life hit me, I was able to stand a little bit easier. Strength is found, and when life hits you, what do you turn to? Do you turn to Christ? Do you turn to yourself? What's, what makes you strong? It's, 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 it's crazy to me how we think we as men can be strong. 
But just because when stuff hits us, we don't say anything, we're quiet, we're solemn. I thought strength was being a man, not showing any emotion. Not crying. Because, you know, you cry, you look like a sissy, right? And what they say? That's what you talk from a little boy. boy, boy I remember getting a spanking and daddy saying, boy, dry him up, dry him up. From an early age, I was like, all right, so if I cry, I'm going to get beat more. So don't cry. Don't act like y'all ain't never been told that. Come on. Y'all like looking at me like, and that's the thing. We try to act like we have to, we have to be strong. We have to act like it, even if we don't feel like it. We have to show this picture. We have to paint this picture for the world. But in the inside, a lot of times, when life is hitting us at 1,000 miles an hour and we're being bent, we're a wreck inside. We respond in a way of anger. We respond in a way, we respond crazy ways sometimes. We lie. We try to do different things to try to, try to make us seem like we're strong to the outside, but the inside, we're full of anxiety. We're full of fear. And when you feel like that, man, true strength is in the Lord. True strength is in God. When, 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 when life is hitting you a thousand miles an hour, it's okay not to be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. That's right. But that's the thing. We've got to, we've got to admit, look, I'm, I'm struggling here. And give those things to God. Stop trying to hold on to them. True strength is found in Jesus, and that's all. You can't be strong enough. But are you admitting your struggles to God? See, we try to hide, and we act like nobody sees us. We act like nothing, nobody knows what our problems are. You see this piece of steel here? This this didn't pass the test. It's pretty on the outside, just like a lot of us are. We show on the outside that we've got it all together, but this this thing got x-rayed. And when they x-ray a weld, it shows the impurities inside of it. And it didn't pass because there's pits inside. There's trash inside. It didn't pass. It will not hold because there's junk inside. How many of us paint this picture like we're okay? We're strong, but there's all this junk inside we're not dealing with. When are we going to deal with the junk? Because true, true strength is found in Christ. And if you're saying Jesus is your, is your Savior, you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're saying that, that you and him are walking through life together, then why don't you give those things to him? Because every single day is to walk closer and closer to me, be the character of Christ. Amen? So if we're trying to be more and more like Jesus, I need to give him more and more of my burden. And the more I give him, the easier it is to walk. But all we want to we want to look the part and think nobody sees and God's X-ray in our hearts every single day. He knows the junk's in there, and you're only fooling God. I mean, you're only fooling other people, not God and yourself. What's in your heart that you need to change so you can pursue God and be the strong man God's called you to be? Strong in the faith, strong in in following Him. What impurities are in there? You know, one of the biggest things that showed me manhood is a guy, a little old fella that worked with me. He would admit when he was wrong. He would be humble, and he'd say, you know what, I just, I messed up. I messed up. And for him to say that, I was like, man, that joker there, that, that, he, he's the real deal. He's not painting this facade. He, he's real. He, he's putting his imperfections out there. Guys, are you worried about what people think of you or are you worried about what God thinks of you? What are we doing? So many people don't want to step out. So many people don't want to don't be the man God's called us to be because we're worried about what other people are going to think. And it's crazy. It's because a lot of people were, were just projecting. I mean, it's crazy. We're just projecting what we want people to think we are instead of really being who we are. We think that we act like a macho man if we can do these things and put this facade out, then we'll be, we'll be if people are like us. 
I've got a friend, man, I'll tell you what, I love him. I've, I've went to high school with him. We've done all kinds of stuff together. And when it's just me and him, man, I love being around him. Love being around him. But when he gets around other people, he has to promote himself to catch the biggest fish, to be the best hunter, to have the best truck. And if he has to lie, he's going to lie. And it's going to be one this long. Y'all know anybody like that? We might have the same friend. I'm just saying. <laughs> but the thing is, and I've always said, look, when he's just him, man, I love being around him. But when he's painting this picture that I know is a lie, I'd just rather be around somebody else. That's the same thing with you and God. Why don't you just be you? Because I realize when I'm me, people love being around just me. We don't have to paint that picture of being anything else. Being strong is really pursuing Christ. See, Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? He says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that's a promise, men, that we need to hold on to. We can be strong and courageous. We can be bold. We can stand firm because God's with us if we truly are following him. When I started really following Christ, let me tell you something. There hadn't been, an oper- there hadn't been anything I've gone through that when I called out to God, he wasn't right there. But we try to be this self-reliant person that thinks that long as we can do, long as we can tell everybody that we can do it on our own, we can paint this picture, then we're strong. Following Christ is opposite of that. You surrender who you are. You, 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 don't, you want to humble yourself and exalt Christ. Are you doing that? Who's strong in your life? You or the power of Jesus Christ? That's the true, that's the true stance in my heart of, of what, what, being, what being strong is. And the last one is something that a lot of people struggle with, a lot of men struggle with, is, is love. He talks about being, about what characteristic of a man is, is love. 1 Corinthians 13 says this. It says, if I speak to you in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not loved, I'm noisy going on as clanging symbols. And if I've, I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I do not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and if I deliver up my body as to be burned, but I have not love, I have nothing. So what he's saying is, look, I can project all these things, but if I truly don't love, I don't have anything. I can paint the picture of being the best man in the world, but if I truly don't love, I don't have anything. Well, so what is true love? What does that mean? Verse 4 says, love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy or boast, nor is it arrogant or rude. It, is not ins- it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or, res- or resentful. It, is not, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. It says love is patient. I'm, if I'm going to be the man God's called me to be, I have to love. Amen? And it's a choice. It's not a feeling sometimes. Sometimes you don't want to love somebody. You've got to choose to anyway. It says, be patient. Dagger to the heart. How many of us men are not patient? It says, love is patient. Being patient with with others that is is showing love. When people don't get it, we need to be patient. Amen? When people don't understand us, we need to be patient. So it's saying that if we're not truly patient, then, then do we truly love? A true man is a patient man. A true man is a kind man. Being kind is is being kind to people who deserves it or not. 
It's not just those that deserve your kind. It's not just those that you like. It's those that are, that are mean to you, those that are hateful to you. You choose to be kind anyway. That's a true man. I seen a man one day, he was an older man. A guy walked up and spit in his face, and I was like, oh, oh, come on, you know? I seen that happen, and I was like, I was mad for him, and the guy just wiped off his face. And he just said, I want to pray for you, man. And I seen the compassion in that man's eyes. I was just like, whoa, blew me away. We need to be men that set that example of being kind. Nobody, if anybody deserves it. It says, look, love is not envious or boastful. We're not trying to project something that we're not. We're not envious over other people. That's true love. How about this? Love is not arrogant. I know a lot of men that, 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 that think they're the best of everything, so they carry this arrogance, this air about them. Love is not arrogant. Humility is what God wants. So maybe today you need to say, Lord, I want to, I want to trade in this arrogance I have for some humility, Lord. Love is not rude. How many of us are, are, are short and rude through the day? And we're going to mess up. We're not going to have these attributes every single day. But when we do, being a godly man, we surrender that and say, you know what? Man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to be the man you called me, God's called me to be, and I messed up. I'm sorry I was just rude to you. I'm sorry I hadn't loved you like I should. Being a man, we own up to our mistakes. It says, look, it does not insist on its own way. That's love. It's not irritable or resentful does not rejoice in other people's wrongdoing, but we rejoice in the truth. That's what true love is. How many of those characteristics do you actually have, men? Because when I did the inventory on my life, I kind of fell short on some. So this week, do you need to show somebody some love this week at work? Do you need to show your spouse some love this week? Because a true act of a man is how we love. And it goes straight in correlation with what Jesus said. Jesus said, they will know you, all my disciples, by how you love one another. So being a man, do you need to change how you show your love for people? See, when I think about love, I think about us as husbands loving our spouses in spite of their flaws. A lot of times we want to we say, well, you this and you that and you this. But are we really, truly going to say, you know, loving them in spite of their flaws, realizing that our spouse is not going to be perfect, realizing that they're going to mess up, realizing they're, they're jacked up just as messed up as you are, but, but, but loving them in spite of their flaws and walking alongside of them. Are you doing that, man? A lot of times we can focus on the negative and never look at the positive. And the next thing is that we need to encourage. Encourage our, our, our family, encourage our spouse through the struggle. When, when life's hitting us, we need to encourage one another, amen? We're in this battle together, amen? We got, we got to quit acting like we're fighting this thing alone, and we need to come together. When we're fighting the battle and, and, and the war is tough on us, we got to come to our brother and say, hey, I'm having a hard time. Surrender that pride and thinking that you got to project that you're strong on your own and say, you know what, brother, I need some help. You need to... Confide to your wife and saying, I'm struggling right here. Can you help me? Telling your wife where you struggle at is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of power. Because you're not letting that stuff hold you down. You're being vulnerable to your wife and it's showing her that, hey, he trusts me. So, man, let's be vulnerable today. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. It says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. And this morning is a time I think a lot of us need to, need to check our inventory and see what in me is childish. What in me is still, is still boyish. What in me do I need to change up and for I can act like a man? So I can be the husband God's called me to be. So I can pursue the heart of my wife like God wants me to. So I can pursue God that pleases him. What do I need to change today? 
And see, to act like a man, to be, to be bold, it means to step out of our comfort zone. It means to step out of where everybody else says is acceptable and let's do something different. Let's do something that pleases God. That's what I realized. Through the struggle of the past year, what I realized is that, look, being a Christian means I totally abandon everything that the world says is right. And I only pursue what God says is right. And only when I'm doing that is when I'm truly seeing what a true man of God is. So maybe today, guys, you need to surrender that old you today. Maybe you need to say, you know what? I haven't been a real man. I, 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 have, I don't even have a real relationship with Jesus. I'm just religious. I'm all about me. I'm looking after my own, at my own priorities, what I want. I'm not being the priest over my house. And I need to surrender that today. If that's you today, if you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ so that I can stand firm and walk this out and be the example and the leader at my house, then just raise your hand today. And say, I want to be that man. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ right now. By not raising your hand, you're saying, I'm the man. I'm a man. Or are you acting like it? Or are you acting like it? See, a man's life that's centered on Christ, that follows Christ, and ends up, despite the struggle and hardships in life, is victorious. So if you are truly centered on Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fear. But maybe today, God's been x-raying your heart while you've been sitting in this seat. And he's been showing some impurities in your, some inconsistencies in your walk. But those of you not raising your hand, you paint the picture that you're good, that everything's all right, that you're just as pretty, and you're the man that God wants you to be. But what about the trash inside of you that you don't let nobody see? That's what this altar's for right now. When the band comes, the band comes up, I want you guys to really think about where you are as a man. I want you to figure out what you need to surrender. See, a lot of times we make a lot of excuses. I'm, I'm talking about me, too. So all the times I make a lot of excuses of why I don't do what God's called me to do. I'm, I'm not the man he calls me. I make a lot of excuses of why, why, why. Let me ask you something, men. Are you making excuses or are you making plans? See, the way you stop the cycle of, of, of that is I'm going to stop making excuses. I'm going to stop making plans of how I can start living like a man. What, things I need, what do I need to change for my, my love? What, what do I need more patience in? What do I need to, who do I need to start showing more kindness to? How, how can I stand firm? How can I be a watchman? So are you going to keep making excuses? Because if all of us, get, I'm going to be straight with you today. If all of us were truly on fire serving God, there ain't nothing could hold this church from reaching this whole county. My Lord, what this world, what would happen to this world if one man was truly sold out wholeheartedly, his whole family would change. Your family will change. There's things in our lives that we're not showing. We're not, we're not trying to put out there because we're scared we're going to be rejected. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Amen. So I pray today that you will surrender those inconsistencies. You would surrender those things. And men, you would come to this altar and you would pray. Ladies, if you want to encourage your husband, I, I encourage you to come down front and pray for your husband. Pray over your husband. If you're a woman here today, maybe, maybe you're single, maybe you need to pray that God would send that type of man in your life. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're talking about the love part that, that you realize that, you know what, I don't really love people that way either. It's all about surrender today. So you do business with God. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in my heart in the hearts of all these people. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would move in a powerful way. I pray, God, you would, God, you would break the chains, Lord. Lord, break the chains, God, off of off this complacency, Lord, that we live in. Lord, break the chains of pride this morning. Break the chains, Lord, that hold us in these seats every Sunday so we don't, we don't surrender things to you, God. Lord, break the chains of arrogance this morning. Break the chains of unforgiveness, God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus you would break our hearts, Lord. 
We would take the, our, our, our place as a man seriously, Lord. This isn't a game, God, and I know it. But Lord, please move in our hearts as men to make us realize that it is up to us to lead our families, that you've put us here, God. That we need to stop making excuses, Lord. And start making plans. So God, I pray you would be laying plans on our heart right now. We would step out in faith and we step out in obedience to you, Lord, and we would do business. And we would not be okay with being a selfish, self-centered man anymore. That we want to be a man that's led by your nail-scarred hands everywhere we go. So that our families can be led by you as well. Lord, move in our hearts and change us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.